You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This throat, if you listen to me talk normally, this neck, it was made to headbang and growl. It's what I was, it's it's what the fates put me here to do, you know, it's just to, you know, be a death note singer and bang my head and and growl. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops Metal Podcast episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter, and they are now finally back to doing what they are meant to be doing. They are putting on some shows. They've made some show announcements for the fall of 2021, and that makes me very excited. They have just announced that Ginger is coming through here with Suicide Silence. It's going to be a killer show. I'm super excited to see what other shows they have coming up this fall for us. Fingers crossed. Everything's looking good and looking better up here in Canada, and I hope it keeps going that way. I'm super, super stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to rate it and write a review because when you do that, more metalheads just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. And that would be something that I would truly appreciate. I'd also invite you to sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, including all the details for any episodes which I have dropped throughout that past week, if I have been a guest on someone else's podcast, as well as the updated links to the live interview Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hangs, and of course the links to the Brutal Awakenings playlists, which are available on both Apple Music and Spotify, and is curated by my man Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. Do yourself a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal podcast mailing list, this is a party that you do not want to miss. Now, in today's episode, I am with a guest that I've been wanting to be with for a very long time, someone that I've been looking forward to having a chat with. This is Vox and Hops episode number 252 with George Corpse Grinder, Fisher of Cannibal Corpse. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with George Corpse Grinder Fisher of Cannibal Corpse. It is a true honor to be with you. I've been doing this podcast for over two years now, and you are one person that has been on my bucket list. I've been wanting to get with you for so long. Uh, I'm a huge fan, obviously, huge influence on uh, my extreme vocals uh, since I picked up Kill many years ago. Uh, let's start with an easy yet complex question. How did you cope with the glorious year that is now behind us of 2020? George? <laughs> well, I don't know. Just drank. <laughs> for, drank for a good bit of it, you know. Uh, no, we, we, you know, of course, recording the album, I did some guest appearances uh, earlier on. Um, <clears throat> just, you know, being able to spend time with the family was, was good, you know. World Warcraft, the new expansion for World of Warcraft came out. That's, you know, in the you know end of last year. And we didn't have anything planned. We got lucky. You know, uh, we we had planned to record the new album. 
So we got lucky that we weren't we weren't having any tours, you know, planned. And so we were we were going to be off anyway. It was nothing, you know, new for us. And it sucks because I know a lot of people who had tours canceled and and had you know couldn't stay home and or had to stay home and couldn't go out. So we just we just I guess we dodged the bullet, if you will, you know, as far as the music business. Now there's this year. And obviously with the new record coming out, we would like to tour, but we'll wait and see. Hopefully everything's, you know, going down and everybody can uh, get back to <clears throat> doing what we like to do. But yeah, like I said, just family time, playing some Warcraft, you know, watch football. We were home for the football, you know, American football season. Uh, just cleaned up my garage. You know, I just did some things that I probably was neglecting, you know, by being, you know, from, from because I was on tour. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> I mean, it sucks. Obviously, a lot of people had deaths in the family, things like that, a lot of bad stuff happening. You know, um, I guess you're supposed to apologize for everything now. So <clears throat> we didn't have it so bad because we just kind of kept, you know, to ourselves in the house and only went out when we needed to. And my wife works and she had to stop that for a while. They came back and everything seemed all right. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this year, next year, hopefully getting back out touring again. It's it's a big part of our lives that we can't do right now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was that that special thing of having a whole summer to ourselves for once with our family. I know from having toured with you when we toured with Obituary together, I know that you love, love being with your family. And you guys are one of the hardest working extreme metal bands out there. You guys are on the road all the time so so it is a strange thing a <laughs> to spend a summer at home it's it's interesting yeah. well i mean like you know we do usually for like a tour cycle we do the record we, we start touring sometimes before the album's even out and then we're out for a year and a half or two years and then we'll usually have about a year home hmm. so like i said this wasn't really crazy for us as far as you know not being out you know we really didn't have anything planned you know, I, I did a interview earlier and I was just, you know, I, we did, we, I know that uh, Lyra's murder came here after we did the tour with us. They, they did, they did a tour with us and, you know, they did some other stuff, but they came here for a tour and flew from Australia and had to go home. Absolutely. You know, our sound guy, you know, Johnny Nobbs, he's, Hell yeah. he does sound with them. Nobbs was with him and, you know, so he was looking forward to the work and it was gone, you know, and, and a lot of the guys, all the guys in our crew, Babyface and, Kenny and Chris, they all had work lined up and it was, it was gone. You know, we, like I said, as a band, we got lucky because we weren't planning to be out. So I know Killswitch Engage, they, I think they were out were did, did a tour and then they, they had to go home and it just sucks. You know, it's, it's been really bad for the music industry. And obviously it's been worse for other people who lost, you know, family members and whatnot to this thing. You know, we never had to deal with anything like this before. It's kind of, there's not really, you know, I'm not a doctor that can tell, you know, tell anybody when it's going to end, obviously, or or anything like that. I just, I just wish that one would tell me when I can go back on a tour. <laughs> uh, I mean, just, just don't print any tour date shirts just yet, George. Yeah. Well, if you do, then you got some limited edition <laughs> things to sell. <laughs> you know, limited edition, COVID, wait, no, COVID tour, no, wait, no tour. T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, we, we just, well, we look, hey, I mean, trust me, I thank our lucky stars that we just happen to be lucky enough to uh, not have anything planned for them. Because, I mean, seriously, this, this you know, people don't understand, I think. <clears throat> we're. I don't live in a mansion. 
I, I don't have a, you know, five uh, story house with 60 rooms and, you know, a movie theater and a pool um, and a uh, amusement park built into it. I don't, <laughs> you know, I live in a modest house and, you know, I mean, it's, it's fine for me. I don't, if I hit the lottery, I'd probably still stay where I'm at, you know, cause it's fine for, for me and my wife and the kids. Um, and they're getting older now. So move out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're not there yet. But, uh, you know, so, uh, but, but we're, we're not living in mansions. We're not, you know, we like, I know a lot of guys in the other bands are rich. You know, we need, you know, you need, if, it doesn't matter if you are rich, if you're rich and you have tons of money saved up and then you can't work, it just all that big pile of money just goes down. Bills don't stop no matter what. That is true. So I know a lot of people that got really, you know, hurt by this. We luckily would have uh, weathered the storm so far and hopefully the storm is ending. Mm, absolutely. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music and craft beer. Now, now what are you drinking on your side there today, George? Purified drinking water. Perfect. Or vodka. <laughs> On my side, I'm going to be drinking a hop tea. This is uh, also water, sparkling water that has been brewed with uh, green tea and mosaic hops. It is a excellent alternative to when you want something that's hoppy, but you don't want to hit yourself with some alcohol. Uh, absolutely delicious hop tea. Uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you've taken a break from drinking. So, so can yeah. we elaborate on that a little bit? I just woke up one day feeling like shit. <laughs> You know, hangover, <laughs> and I, I didn't. I hit it pretty hard, and I just was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna." I mean, I just was like, "I'm, I'm not drinking." You know, I want. Of course, I always say this. I've said this on tour a thousand times. I'm not drinking anymore. That's it. It's gonna kill me. I'm done. <laughs> Week later, after I feel better, you know, great show happens. Boom! Open a beer. Got a shot of whiskey. But um, <laughs> this time, I just was like. Yeah, you know, I'm decided that it's hard, and I just decided I was just not going to drink for a while. I never set a timetable. I don't have one now. I was going to, when you know, the Super Bowl was a couple of days ago, and I was going to drink some beers, and I just never got around to it, you know. And I, I drink pretty much what, you know, I drink Miller Lite, so it's like most people that drink, you know, I'm sure you would be like, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, like, I mean, Canada has powerful beers, and you know, you're on tour in Europe and stuff, you get powerful beers and Miller Lite is definitely not a powerful beer, but you can drink a lot of them. So that's normally what I would be drinking. I just decided, you know, I just, I'm just going to, you know, take some time off. And and I, I never set a timetable for it. So it's not like I, I'm ever going to stop, but you know what? Who knows if, if, if I just, you know, because I can tell you there's a couple of days when I woke up like, even like a week ago where I was like, man, I almost felt like I drank the night before hmm. or drank, really drank a lot. Cause you know, if you have a couple beers, you're not getting a hangover. I mean, you have to be the lightest weight person, <laughs> the lightweight of lightweight <laughs> champion. You know, if you have two beers, you know, I don't care if you drink the most alcohol intense beer, it sh shouldn't be getting you drunk. You get a buzz if you are lightweight. Um, so I'm talking drinking, you know, you know, 10 beers, seven shots where you're, you know, and then, and I was just, I just kind of felt like I had done that. And then I was like, man, I don't want to feel like this. So, you know, I, and I was planning to maybe hang out with some people or not hang out with some people I hang out with uh, this bottle, whatever. Yeah. So that's behind me, <laughs> you know, uh, by myself. And, you know, um, cause I do have one friend that, you know, 
that I've seen like recently. And it was like, well, you know, maybe we'll, you know, hang out, you know, and have some beers. And then I just was like, I'm not going to leave the house. And it's just kind of crazy with everything that's going on. But then, if, you know, like my, my mind was just like, you know, starting to think. And, and it, I guess I must have been really that in that much pain from that uh-huh. drinking spree that every time I think about it, I'm like, because I know myself. I sometimes I'll have a beer and I'm on the bus. Show's been over for a while. It's five in the morning. Nothing good is happening after five. Everyone else is asleep. I got my headphones in. I'm listening to some metal or some old school country music or or some the gathering or something like that or whatever I'm listening to or watching something, a Warcraft video on YouTube or a movie on the bus. And I'm like, all right, it's five o'clock. I got a half a beer. I'll drink that. I'll have one more beer. And at 530, I'll go to bed. Well, then watching a movie, doing whatever I'm doing. Next thing you know, the beer is still three quarters full. And it's 530. Well, I'm not going to slam it. So, all right, six. Then bed. <laughs> then, of course, 630, seven. And then you're up. And then you wake up the next day like, uh, you know, why did I not listen to myself? So that's been sort of my issue. And I just really felt that I needed to get get a handle on that. If I'm not, if I'm just going to be, you know, because I have been known, anyone that would watch this that has toured with me, I have been known to stay up, especially on a day off. There are some days off that I just, I, from the night, from the play the show the night before, drinking, we get to the city where we're going to have the day off, and I'm up all day long. I'm going to bars in the city, or I'm in the bus just drinking all day long. And everyone is just like, uh you know, and I, I just I can't be doing that no more. You know, I'm, I, and again, I'm saying that and I might look like a hypocrite if I ever did again, but I just really wanted to prove to myself, look, I don't have a problem because I don't sit around going because I have beer here. I have whiskey here. I'm not sitting around looking at it like, oh, man, I really want it. I'm shaking it. No, nothing at all. No withdrawals or nothing. So I needed to prove to myself that I didn't have a problem to where, OK, I need to get help and never drink again. You know, I mean, I can probably change my attitude sometimes when I'm drinking. That's another story. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm beating anybody up or nothing like that. But, you know, just the attitude meaning the mentality of that 10 more minutes, one more beer, five more minutes, one more shot. No, you know, Johnny Knobs and me will sit in the bus after he's loaded the gear in and, you know, we're driving down the road. And he has his little uh, Beats pill, you know, speaker. And we have a country playlist. And we get shots and beers. <laughs> and Johnny and our drum tech, Chris, will sit there and we'll do shots and cuss at each other and listen to country music and sing like we can, which we can't. But uh, and Johnny will be like, 4 o'clock, i got to go to bed. You know, he's got, he's got a lot of responsibilities he's doing. You know, he's tour managing. And it's an early, yeah. Yes, and he's been really responsible with that. And I've been thinking to myself, that's what I need to do. Knobs, I'm going to bed at four o'clock. All right, let's do the shot. Boom. And then I'm just going to, if I can't do this, if I can't do this, then it might be over. I'm going to follow his lead. Okay, let's do a shot and go to bed. Take a whiz, brush your teeth, go to fucking sleep. You know, I just don't, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm going to be 51 in August. I mean, not July. And I, I don't, you know, just, it's great to party, you know, but eventually how drunk do you need to be? Mm-hmm. And how shitty do you want to feel? So a lot of these things and a lot of this all, this all happened with being home, you know, and I'm glad because, you know, 
on tour, it's just, it's too easy to just fall into that trap. And I've went, I mean, and I went two weeks or so here and there, parts and places on tour without drinking. But it was all because I was so mangled and stayed up for two days or something. So I don't know. Well, you know, I know some people that have had, you know, alcohol issues and they've given it up and they don't even look back at it. I don't know. I don't, I don't like to look at it like that, but maybe that's, you know, like I said, I haven't went to meetings or anything like that because I didn't feel I needed it. And if I drink again, I do. If I don't, then I don't. I'll be better off for it, I guess, you know, or if I just drink a little bit, go to sleep, I don't see where it's a problem. But again, we'll see. Of course, once you get on tour, you see all the boys. It's, it's, it's like summer camp. Uh, it's, it's right back into summer camp. Well, I hope just, you find the yeah, balance. 25 again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a good way to put it balance that's what i need to do yeah i'm struggling with the same thing trying to find balance when is enough and when should we just rest and rest is very important because we need to recuperate especially on tour we have to well, stay nobody wants the party to be over no like and here's the thing if you're okay if, okay like uh let's say like uh we're playing a place um let's say like a, let me let me think of a good place uh santa Ana, you know yeah. Well, they have the back, the backstage, you know, out, out back. Yeah, the buses was and, the, and all the things are there. And everyone after the show, usually you play in LA the next day. So it's like you were staying all night and the party is going on. And then every once in a while, people leave. And then there's nobody there. I'm still up and I'm drinking. And it's like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. The party's over, dude. Okay. We had fun. Go to sleep. I will never be the guy that ends at least before the party's over. I don't think it's that, but but it wouldn't be bad if I was. And for me, and also I would just say that that uh, that's part of the, the the thing with me. I just I don't want it to end, you know. But everyone's in bed, you know. Or we gotta leave. Must calls now. Let's mm. you know, get the hell out of here. And then there's always tomorrow, you know. There's always tomorrow to have some beers with your friends, you know. The party. It's just the camaraderie and just hanging out with everybody and just having a good time. And you just, people like me just don't want it to end, you know. I just want it to keep going. And then when everyone's gone, I'm like, well, now I can listen to whatever music I want. I can watch whatever movie I want. I got the whole bus to myself. Everybody's in bed. <laughs> and that becomes a problem. And it's just like, you know what? Just go to fucking sleep. <laughs> oh, trust me. And some of the guys have come out from the back of the bus and they're like, go to bed already. Like, I am. And then, of course, I don't. <laughs> so with that let's do a shot of water yes <laughs> hydrate those vocals Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. 
Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. We talked about this when we were on tour together. I was very interested. I meticulously warm up. You do not. You told me, and I watched you do it many times on stage, is you don't even think about your voice until you climb onto stage. The guys are all ready to go, and you belt out two, three screams with your back to the crowd, and that's when you know if your voice is going to work or not that night. How did how did this come about? Is this something that you always did, or is this something that you've learned over time? I never really did warm-ups. I remember I probably, when I first got in Canada, maybe even before that monstrosity, I might have did, like, stretches, like, on my legs or something, and I was like, I don't move. What's the point of that? You know, this makes no sense. But uh, I don't know. I, I just, I think, uh, I just... I don't know when I started doing it, but I just basically, I will say years ago we played in Portland and for whatever reason, my voice was, was gone. I would never warm up. I only drank water on stage. It's all I ever did. <clears throat> um, and we get on stage and I'm singing and it's, uh, it didn't have, it was not there. It was gone. It was gone. It just didn't have a catch. It didn't go over that. It just was like, uh, like I couldn't get it to go down, and it's a scary, horrible moment. Well, we had a drum tech that was our drum tech at the time said, "Hey, drink some soda; it'll help give you the catch." And I'm like, "What the hell do you know? How would you know? Come on, no, I drink water. You cannot." He's like, "Dude, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll run down and get you a soda in between uh in between songs." He runs down and gets me a soda. I take a sip, syrups in my throat. And after all the years of never having done that, it was like totally foreign and weird. But after a couple of songs, I at least got through the show. It wasn't my best show, but I had a little bit more catch. I could get the deep stuff in. Um, and so the next night I became paranoid. I was like, I need, I need to soda. Put me a soda on stage. And then it just eventually became a crutch. I was always drinking soda on stage. And now since then I have been off and on from drinking soda on stage. Um, but when my voice was bad, the magic syrup, I mean, when I record, you know what I mean? I always have sodas. And if it's not working, Rutan will be like, dude, you got to go get some sodas, you know, or, or you got a soda here. And I'm like, yeah. And it just, it helps. I mean, it does. I don't know what it is, the syrup or something. I don't know. It just gives me the catch that I need for it. And I, I don't want to use that. Like, okay. And that's not the only thing that's making my voice better but it's just helping me get through that show um so going back to your question really like after that happened after just drinking soda for a while i was dude at one point i was drinking three sodas on stage yeah it was a crutch it was like i was just using it just because i was like paranoid that i couldn't sing without it and that's ridiculous i don't need a goddamn soda you know what i mean i need water to hydrate my throat because come on every person on the planet does i don't need soda um, and I've done, I've done some tours since then without ever drinking one, you know, like on stage that is, but you know, I never drank it for energy or anything like that. You know, it's caffeine, you know, it's just going to, you know, and Coca-Cola, by the way, just for the, for the record, I, Pepsi doesn't do the same. It doesn't have the same, no, no other drink has the same, <laughs> the same stuff in it. I'm serious. Coca-Cola. So, um, but I, I don't want to have that as, as a crutch and then. So then I just started when my back was to the crowd and they're all holding the note out and everyone's kind of checking their stuff. I would just go like, uh, 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 
I, sometimes I don't even know if I was doing the high stuff. It was just a low. And I would hear it, not in the mic, obviously. I could, I could feel it. Mm-hmm. You know this. You can feel if your voice is on or if it's not. I can tell when I'm singing in the feeling in my throat. But I would just do a growl. I'd be like, all right, I'm ready. Or I'd be like, shit. And then I would have the soda there and I'd take a drink of soda. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it wouldn't be so good. But that's, I just, that was, was like basically my warm up. And, and then it just became a habit more than a warm up. I just don't, um, I'm not saying it doesn't work. It, it could work for people. Maybe I should do it. But, but uh, I mean, I've heard people doing warm ups, you know, and then I've heard people just, just not, you know. But uh, I, I just never did. I, I don't know why. I mean, people ask me if I had vocal coaches for things or did this. I never did. I mean, the only people that taught me to sing were were Glenn Benton and Chuck Schilderner and John Tardy and Jeff Becerra and Robert Benatti and, you know, from Sacrifice and Jeff Becerra, of course, from Possessed and, you know, even King Diamond and and, and, and Bruce Dickinson and Ozzy Osbourne and Dio, you know, Udo Dirksen, all, I could just keep going, you know, uh, Tom G. Warrior, all these guys. You know, that, that, and especially obviously with the Death Note guys, you know, Millie from Creator, you know, a, a lot of these guys, that's who taught me to sing. I just started wanting to sing heavy metal. And then, of course, I heard all the heavy shit, you know, I heard Possessed and Slayer, and I was like, oh. And then, of course, that <laughs> evolved into the even crazier singing, Millie. I think it was Millie. Millie is a very good bridge, I think, from thrash metal to death metal. Like his voice was that gruff. But it still was kind of thrashing because you could understand it slightly in some spots. Pleasure to kill, maybe not as much, but that's what I'm saying. That's like the bridge record, I think. It's a very good bridge record for if you're getting in from thrash metal into death metal. Um, and those were my teachers. That's who I learned with, you know. And, and I'm, I know there's the, the Zen of Screaming Lady, I think. I don't know her name or whatever. But, Melissa Cross, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I know Jesse Leach. I think he's worked with her, and I think I think Randy from from uh, Lady yes, Gaga. Yes, yes, both of them have. Yes, uh, I know Eddie from uh, uh, Suicide Silence. I believe did too. But anyway, the point is, is and that's great. I, I just, I think I just, I grew up in the '80s and just was screaming in my room, pissing off my exactly. grandmother and my mother, my parents, you know, and just, <laughs> and that's just how I learned to sing. And then you know, I met these guys, and they knew that I knew every lyric from every record. And they're like, dude, you should sing in our band. We see you at all the shows and you're just headbanging all the time. And then you're screaming all the lyrics. And do you know all the lyrics? And I'm like, yeah, I know everything. You know, I know all the Testament lyrics. And I know all the Forbidden lyrics. And I know all the lyrics from Bam. And I know all the lyrics from this band and that band. And, you know, and Slayer and whatever. And they're just, well, you should sing. And then I'd already been screaming in my room. I don't know why. It's kind of like when you're in a car and you start singing. I would just put a record on. I'd be sitting in my room, like, jamming, a, you know, some Slayer or something. And I would just sing it and i try i wanted to sound like tom Raya or whoever i was listening to i tried to emulate those guys and, and when i was doing that it was never like for the first couple of few years i was doing that or maybe the first six, 10 years i don't know from when i first heard black sabbath i was just trying to sing along with him i was never thinking this is going to be my life mm-hmm. but once i really got to music once i really started listening to the heavy music i started thinking this is what i want to do and I still, though, was just singing in my room just because I was singing. I don't really think I was trying. I was trying to emulate them to sound like them, but I don't. I wasn't really thinking about, it, like, this is going to get me in a band. 
I just met some guys and we started jamming and that was that. You know, that was my first being corpse grinder. You know, they were just like, hey, come over to the guy, the the drummer, Mark Hans, he lived on the same street as my girlfriend, who's now my wife. They lived on the same street. And I'm like, dude, I'm walking up and down the street, with my girlfriend, and you live here and you haven't seen me. You know, like, Where do you live at? I'm like, I live in the same, I live in the same, much the same neighborhood as him. So we started jamming in his basement and he just remembered me from all the shows and whatnot. And you know, this long, long story I'm giving you. Uh it's basically that I just I just started jamming with them and the rest I guess is history, you know. I just I guess I was good at it and they kept me until I met guys and did my really did monstrosity. We'll wrap this up with with one thing that the the whole world is very concerned about. I went on tour and my sound man noticed that by the end of the tour my neck had grown considerably. So we did another tour a few months after that. And we, we did an, a test where we measured my neck at the beginning and at the end, and I gained two inches from headbang. Yeah. So, yeah. so the world is concerned that your neck is not going to be where it was. So oh, I'm, yeah. I, I saw that somewhere. <laughs> Someone said, did your neck shrink? How are you keeping it in shape, and how are you going to prepare it for when you get back out on the road there? Well, it's kind of like how I approach getting on stage. I don't warm up or nothing. I mean, I really don't. Seriously, if I do this, with these headphones on, I can hear like little, <laughs> but knock on wood again. I don't have any uh neck troubles or neck pains or anything. Um, I think maybe because of my style of headbanging, like I haven't had any of the issues that I think some other people have had because mm-hmm. I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I'm just doing circular motion. So, I mean, look. I people have asked me like what what you know how'd you get your neck so big like like I've had security guards who aren't particularly fans of the band just asking dude how'd you get that neck so big and I'm like did you see the show and he's like well I see it every once in a while if I look back just whipping your hair and I'm like that's it I don't put I've seen like and I get tagged in all these videos these guys at the gym you know yep. with you know, those straps on their necks and they're doing this with this weight I'm like I never did any of that my neck got big um, from just head spins. And I will say that, like, you know, um, I don't know, I don't think I've really said this in many interviews, um, but I did have a chance to tell him this, albeit I was a little drunk and he was like, and I'd be like, dude, come on, you're bugging me. <laughs> I'm not really bugging me, but he's very courteous and gracious. But Tom Araya is the main reason that I that I had banged the way I do. Now he did the figure eight, the infinity, mm-hmm. yes. where he went like this and his hair was just like that, you know? It was the infinity, the way his hair whipped. And I just evolved it into just spinning it around, you know? And I mean, he was the main reason. When I, you know, when I saw Slayer play and I saw, um, you know, the uh, Ultimate Revenge video, I think it was, that they were on, you know, with, with Exodus and whatnot. And I was just like, holy shit. Like he was headbanging fucking a man you know and, and i just saw that and was doing it like that and then i just morphed it into just going just in a straight circle you know I'm trying to think i haven't done it so long it's like it's that side yeah yeah that's my way is counterclockwise i'm going counterclockwise oh, that's funny because I, 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 cl- I, I, mean, I go i couldn't do it i couldn't do it i go clockwise that's funny yeah <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah. but mine's <laughs> counterclockwise and it's just because i just started i just morphed it into doing that and luckily, knock on wood, I've never had any issues with my neck. Like I said, I hear little kicks and cracks. And I mean, hey, I am 50 years old. And so who knows? And that is one thing like I've been thinking about as well. Have I given myself extra years 
because I haven't been singing and my voice is allowed to rest or does that hurt me? Hmm. And same with my neck. Have I given my voice, my neck enough rest that if I start going again, it's going to take longer to get back into the groove? I don't know. I will say, like I said, though, we, we kind of had this time planned off. So we're probably going to now have more time than I would have. And I never, we never had it like this, but, uh, I think it'll be fine. This neck is just, look, this throat, if you listen to me talk normally, this neck, it was made to head back. That's <laughs> what I was, it's, it's what the fates put me here to do, you know, it's just to, you know, be a death metal singer and bang my head and, and growl. So, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens when we eventually hopefully get to go back out. Absolutely. George, thank you so, so much for taking the time, having a chat with me, talking about your life, yeah, music and, uh, craft beer, talking about beer. Uh, everyone get ready. Violence unimagined will be dropping via metal blade records, April 16th. Thank you so much, George. Cheers. Man, take it easy, man. Be safe. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, do I love hanging out with George. He's just the coolest, coolest dude. And uh, this was no exception. I had an absolute blast having this conversation with him. He is a legend. He is uh, probably one of the most influential death metal vocalists out there. He's still killing it. Uh, Violence Unimagined drops this Friday. And trust me, people, it's a killer album. I am so stoked about it. Cannibal Corpse. Never disappoint. And this one also just absolutely destroys everything. Violence Unimagined comes out this Friday via Metal Blade Records. Check it out. Do it. You will not be disappointed. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should follow the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, you should also rate it and write a review because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You should also sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week. Do yourself a favor. Sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list because I don't want you missing a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you this Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel... They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.